0: So you are in for a treat today. Uh, Richard and Rhonda are some of our most special and precious friends that we have in the kingdom. And it was supernatural. It was the, the Lord that we met some years ago. Uh, I don't know, I don't remember exactly how you got there. I know part of it was you had a friend that said, come to a meeting. And you said, I'm supposed to go to that meeting. And it was a training on leadership. Well, who was doing the meeting was one of our spiritual friends fathers and mentors and it was a long way from here and I remember not really having the time or the money but I decided if my spiritual father and mentor is going to be up to something that he deems important I'm going to go make it important and so I went up there, and when I got there, Miss Rhonda and I were sitting side by side in a training all day long, and you could tell that the Lord was in the meeting. We, we were supposed to meet, and uh, sometime later, uh, she called, she said, I think, and she told me that day, I think you and my husband are supposed to meet. And uh, sometime later, y'all were doing a meeting in Greensboro, and uh, you said, I think I think you and my husband are supposed to meet this week. And uh, we got on the phone, Richard and I got on the phone and he said, I just feel like we're supposed to meet. Will you want to come up here to Greensboro and uh, let's have breakfast together and let's just get to know each other. Well, I I don't know that I ever told you this, uh, but I was thinking, I don't want to drive up to Greensboro. I don't want to get up early enough to eat breakfast an hour and a half away. And, uh, <laughs> and But praise God I did. But as I was thinking that, the Holy Ghost said, you need to go. And uh, so we went, I went up there and we met and we just had a great morning. It was instant God connection. And, um, and so then we found out also there was a tie with uh, Pastor Rodney that I didn't really know was there. That was another connection in our life that was supernatural. And so we just became great friends and um, we just appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all. I know you may share some of your story this week, but there's some particulars in your story where you were hungry, and, and then you weren't hungry enough, and God said, get more hungry. I'm telling you, that's the mark of a good leader who will drop the things of the flesh and go after God with everything they have. Amen. And uh, that's, the, that's the folks that you have that are going to be speaking to you today. So open up your hearts, and... Um, you know, last time you were here, I guess it was a couple of years ago in the old building. And um, I had never heard them speak. Even though we were friends, I would not heard you speak. But the Lord said, you need to have Richard here. And that's how I—that's how we have people, as if the Lord says it. And uh, you felt led to be here as well. And he said, you need to have Richard and Rhonda come and speak and uh, you came, and honestly, that was some of the best meetings we have ever had at Boomerang Church. And uh, I, I didn't know how you were going to be, you know, I didn't know. And I'm telling you, uh, he, it, now you're going to have to bring it, okay? All right, so um, <laughs> I'm telling you, he started ministering. And I'm just watching because I don't know what to expect. And I'm watching. And all of a sudden, I felt the anointing of God move into the place. And then all of a sudden, the joy started falling. And the power of God started ministering to people. And all of a sudden, man, just the Lord visited us. And we had some great meetings. And uh, we are so excited to have you. And uh, we we just welcome you. Come on. Come on up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. you, so you, you, too.
1: you too. yeah, Hallelujah. I tell you the Lord is so good, isn't he? Yes. well, let me tell you it is such an honor to be here with you i've been looking so forward to this and your pastors they are dear dear friends of ours and you know and we 're so appreciative of you know I want to be around hungry people Amen. you know i 'm listen i 'm I'm not, to, I'm not at the time of my life where I'm interested in being around people that, you know, half want God or just, you know, a little bit lukewarm. I'm not interested in that and I'm not interested in those type of friends right. and associates. I want to be around people whose hearts are 120% into the things of God. They seek God with all of their heart and they'll drop whatever, they, whatever that the flesh wants to, to press in for more of God. Amen. And so that's how we have to be. And I want to be around people that, that seeks first His kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, right. Amen? Yeah. Amen? And I promise you, I found that in your pastors. And uh, I, I, just to reiterate what they said, I, I like Holy Ghost hookups. Those are the best kind. I find that the Holy Ghost hookups are not just seasonal. Amen. Holy yep, Ghost good. hookups are eternal they they're not something that's just you know it's just here for a few years no it's it's a lifetime and and there's a reason for everything, and that's what people need to understand There's a reason for everything because we are in a fight and we are in a race, and we we ha- need to understand that what God has called us all to do and you're going to find out that this week, and I just want you to have your minds open this week and have your hearts open and just allow the spirit of God that every night who walks up and down each aisle and he walks in between each row and he comes and touches those that are hungry and if you will press into God if you will lay aside everything of the flesh and press into the things of God I promise you that you will be rewarded because God is not a man that he should lie and the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him the Bible promises some things the Bible says that if we will draw nigh to him that he will draw nigh to us how many of you want God to draw nigh to you well, that only happens when you draw nigh to him. And, and, and I, listen, and I, I, I so appreciate that because, listen, we're contending for the things of God. We're contending for revival. Yes. We're con- listen, here's the reality. We are contending for the souls of man. Amen. And, and I, I, I believe that, that God has raised your pastors up. Sister Mama Corn and um, Pastor Popcorn raised them up <laughs> <laughs> to... <laughs> don't get me going, sister. <laughs> you know what's so funny is she was telling that joke. I thought of a joke that I haven't told in years, but, um, it. But no, God. <laughs> God, God, God raises people up and God sets people at, at 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 certain places strategically, because there's things that God wants to do. See, we don't, we don't see. Understand this. Well, I can feel it already. Glory to God. We, we don't, we only, most people live by the now. Most people don't even see tomorrow. They just see the now. And they see themselves now. But that's, that's, that's not how God operates. And we have to have the mind of Christ. And we have to understand some things. We understand that God, God knows, he knows a whole future. And God will do things now because of things that's going to take place five, ten years from now. See, it's like how God sees us. People see themselves sick or people see themselves poor. Do you know God doesn't see anybody here poor? Do you know God doesn't see anybody here sick? Because understand, God sees us through the eyes of redemption. God sees us through the finished work of the cross. And so, God so God, place, God places people in strategic places because of what's coming, and I believe with all of my heart that God has placed your pastors here because of what's coming.
2: Amen. Yeah.
1: Listen, because what you see is now how it's going to be in the next year, two, three, four, five years. There's a reason for everything. We are the church, and we're going to get into a lot of things in the next few days. Listen, they're, 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 we are the church. We're not here to just exist. Yes. you're not here to exist if you're just existing you're out of the will of God right. Right. That's good. but we're going to get you in the will of God because yeah. you're not here to exist you're here to make a difference yes. but most people refuse to make a difference because they want to look at themselves now because most people in the body of Christ most people live through shame yeah. because of, of their past you know what? it's time for that shame to go back that's to hell right. where it come yeah. from yeah. because that's not how God sees you and when you realize who you are, and when you begin to realize how God sees you, then everything's going to change. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? So I asked the pastor, I asked him, and, and, and we do this, I asked the pastor to just allow me this morning to take a little longer than normal, because understand, these are not going to be normal meetings. Amen. Praise well, God. What time is the service going to get over, Brother Richard? What, well, listen, we start at 1030. Yeah. Amen. Well, how long is it going to go today? We start at 1030. Well, I need to know because I, I, I listen, I, I want to beat the Baptist to the buffet bar. <laughs> Trust me. By the time you get there, they, the Baptists have already gone and, and left. So you're going have the whole place by yourself. <laughs> what time, well, how long is the meeting going to go? Well, we start at 7, correct? Every yeah, night. 630. 6.30 tonight. Seven Is it 6.30 every, every, night? every night? We start at 6.30 every night. Well, how long is the meeting going to last? We start at 6.30. And you know what? And for some people, it might last till nine. For others, you might be here at one in the morning. Right. right. Because, listen, understand, if you, think you've come, if you think you've come to a motivational conference, you've been in the wrong church. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a life coach. I'm not a motivational speaker. Come on. Some things that we carry from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and it's already starting right now. But I feel it. Listen, I feel Listen, I've done 8,000 revivals. That's a lot of revivals. And what I feel right now, yeah. you're just going to have to just let your hair down,
2: <laughs> take,
1: <laughs> take, take the seatbelt off, and just jump right in. Yeah. Well, what's people going to think? Who gives a rip? That's right. Actually, to be honest with you, most people don't even think. So just <laughs> jump right in. But I've asked the pastor to allow me to take this time because there's some things and some revelations, some areas that God's, that God's given me to give the people. Amen. And I want to talk to you in just a few moments. This is not the main message, but I want to share with you just some things because it's time. And one of the things that I felt like the Spirit of the Lord said to me about this week, attack the mindset that is so bound to my people. And there's a mindset that's in the body of Christ. And especially when it comes to the area of finances. And it's time to destroy that mindset because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. It's time to destroy that mindset because, like I said at the very beginning of the service, God, in a few moments ago, God hasn't called you just to exist. God hasn't called you just to make it. God hasn't called you to live week to week. Amen. You're no longer under a curse. Sure if the world, who's cursed, can make billions and billions of dollars, how much more should those that are in covenant right. with God Amen. be doing Amen. that are not under the curse? Yeah. You're not cursed. Amen. Yeah. Hello? Amen. You're yeah. redeemed from the curse. Yeah. Yeah. But it's impossible to walk in something that you don't know about. So I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Malachi. Hallelujah. And I want to take you just a few minutes. This is not the main message, but take a few moments. Do you put the scriptures on the screen? Yeah. Just turn, go to Malachi chapter three, verse, start with verse six. Hallelujah. What to just share with you this about the subject of tithing. You know what's so funny is when, when when Pastor Pastor Nicole was talking, was telling those little funny jokes. I actually thought of a joke. You want me to tell it? Yeah. And it just happens to go with this. There was this. Man, I haven't told this in ten years. My lands. I can't even remember I remember it. But uh, <laughs> there, was these two, there was these two guys out fishing. They were big fishermen. You know, like I'm a huge golfer. My wife thinks sometimes I'm over, eating up with it, but I'm not. But I, 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 I'm a big golfer. But there was these two guys. That were, they were, man, they were big fishermen. Man, every, every moment they had together, they're fishing. And man, they, they'd go off fishing. If, the, if, the, if they're not home, the wives know and the family know, hey, they're They're fishing. Well, one day they decided to, you know, go fishing again and they, they, they were so excited to fish, they didn't check the weather and they got out there on the boat and they're out there in the ocean, they're fishing and all of a sudden here comes this big old storm and they got caught in the storm and the boat capsizes and they get washed up on on, the, on, on this island and the one guy, he's like, oh my God, I, I didn't see myself going out this way. We don't even have cell phones on us. We, we never told anybody where we're going. I didn't didn't see myself going out this way. I don't want to die this way. And the other guy, he's just leaning against the palm tree, just like no care, no worries. And the other guy's just having such a pity party and he looks at his friend who has no worries and says, how can you stand there and lean against that tree? Do you realize we're going to die? Nobody knows we're here. I ain't worried about a thing. He says, how can you not worry? He says, i make a million dollars a year. The guy goes, your money can do nothing for you right now he says, no, 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 you don't understand. He said, I make a million dollars a year. He said, you know what the tithe of that is? The tithe is $100,000. So what do you mean by that? He said, trust me, my pastor, he's going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I thought I'd follow Pastor Nicole's lead. So anyway, <laughs> go with me to Malachi chapter 3. <laughs> He says here in verse 6, listen what he says here. For I am the Lord, for I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Now listen, we can sit right here, we, we, we can spend months just on this one verse right here. Notice what the God says. He says, I'm, I am God, I am the Lord. Guess what? I do not change. You know what that means? That means God does not change. He doesn't change in His ways, He doesn't change in His thinking. God does not change. He can't change. First off, He has no beginning and He has no end. He can't change. God changes not. The way he was 4,000 years ago is the way he is now. The way God was before there was even planets. Because the Bible says that God created the worlds out of nothing. Before there was nothing, there was God and he is the same now as he was then. That's really very powerful. God does not change. Now we change. And everybody here is at different places. People change, but God does not change. And then he goes on in verse 7. Listen to what he says here. We're going to read this this verse 6. For I, the Lord, I do not change. Verse 7. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Now think about it. They were so far from God that they didn't even know that they was away from him. Now, when you look at the book of Malachi, I understand why the book of Malachi, one of the reasons for the book of Malachi being, being that the Lord wrote this book is because understand something about the children of Israel. They were bringing God all the things that they themselves did not want. They were bringing God the leftovers. They were bringing the things that meant nothing to them. Understand something about God. He wants first fruits. God wants the first Because everything that we have, everything that we have is the Lord's. Understand something. Everything that you have has been given to you by God and you are a steward of it. And this is so important. Understand how important this is. The things of God are so important that every single one of us one day are going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of our life. We're going to give an account of everything that we've done. We're going to even give an account of our thoughts. We're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account. We're going to give an account of what we did with his kingdom because we are commissioned to advance his kingdom. He told us to seek first the kingdom of God. You know we're going to stand before God and give an account of that. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know you're even going to stand before God and give an account of your church service? Yeah. Right. Well, what do you mean? Where's that in the scripture? Well, it's in there if you just read it. I find that people really don't read because I find that a lot of people have become religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. And a lot of things they do, they based upon tradition that has no scriptural background. Everything you do in your life, there has to be scripture for. Because the word of God is our God. Understand something. This, this This is not just a book. This is not a book about somebody. This is somebody. And we don't treat this word, we don't treat it as just some book that we just pull off the shelf. I promise you, every and I don't care who the Christian or, or, or author is, every book you got in your house is just information. There's only one book that will transform your life. Is this one. No other book will transform your life. You might get some nuggets out of them, but it won't transform your life. But this book, Will transform your life. Because this is the word of God. Every single word. Every single word in here. Is pregnated with the very life of God. That's why he said. Attend to my words. And incline thine ear into my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Or don't let them depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Why? For they are life to those who find. They are life to those who find. And they are medicine to all flesh. God's word is life. Why? Because His word is life. This is God. And every time we read the word of God, we need to read it as though God is present himself speaking to us. And everything that he instructed us to do, we're going to stand before him and give an account. He said to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're going to stand before God and give an account of what we did with the Great Commission. (coughs) Listen, I'm going to stand. Listen, I take this very seriously. Because I'm going to stand before, you know, I'm going to stand before God myself and give an account of today. I'm going to give an account of everything I say to you. It's really very sobering when you look at it, the fact that one day we're going to stand before God and give an account. But yet, guess what? Guess what? Every time we receive an offering, every time the pastor receives an offering, you're going to stand before God, give an account of the thoughts that you got when He's talking about somebody giving. See, if the problem with most people is that most people are not eternity minded, and that's why they do the things they do. Everything you do, you should do in the light of eternity. Everything. It's like I had, I had one time I had a, I can tell. I had a pastor. I was an associate pastor. My wife and I, many, many years ago, and I had this guy come to me, and he said to me, "He said, well, he said, well, Pastor Richard, I'm leaving the church, you know, because I'm, I'm, I've got another job. I, I, and, and it's amazing to me how people have already made up their mind yep. before they even come to tell me, yep. before they even come to tell the pastor, and they know they shouldn't do it, but you're, they're just looking for, you know, the pastor to agree with them to give them permission to go do what they know they shouldn't do." Thank you for that one right. <laughs> and this is how this, this is the case of this individual. And so I said to him, I said, is there a church where you're going? He said, no, there's no church, but I'm a strong Christian. Wah, wah wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. Red flag. You never do anything based on that. That's right. you, first off, you don't do anything based on money. Right. Right. You, everything we do, we based on eternity. Amen. Everything we do, we based on the light of eternity. I said, brother, I said, don't go. Then he gets mad at me. Well, but he come and ask, you know, you know, he, he considered me the pastor, or leader, and so he comes and asks. But then he gets mad, and I actually said, I'm, I'm sorry you get mad at me, but you know, I'm, I'm going to stand before God and give an account, yeah. Yeah. and you should not go." I said, "There's no church there." I said, "Don't you think that God?" Well, he, well, he goes, well, "But you don't understand." No, no, I do understand more than you think. Right. No, but you don't understand. I'm making double the money. Oh, so that's the motivation. I said, don't you think that God can bless you where you are here? Right. Yeah, that's it. Why are you limiting God? Yep. Yeah, but you don't know understand. I can I can buy my wife her dream home and I can get the boat, and oh, get the boat. That means you won't be in church on Sunday. Okay. Anyway, make a long, long, long story. Longer. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> he left and went away and did did what I told advised him not to do. Three years later, he's divorced, sure, got his big house, got his boat. But he was a strong Christian, that's his response, but I'm a strong Christian. Yeah, but you get out of this, you won't be strong. You right. get out of fellowship, right. you, you stop right. fellowshipping with other Christians. you're not going to be strong much longer.. Right. Three years later, he's divorced, his 16-year-old daughter's pregnant, his 14-year-old sons on drugs. You know why? Because he did not make a decision in the light of eternity. You have to ask yourself the question, when I do what I'm about ready to do, how is it going to affect my eternity? Because the reality is we need to be more eternity-minded than earthly-minded. Right. Yes. And most people are earthly-minded, but they don't understand how important eternity is. Because these things in this life are seasonal. They, 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 listen, they can be gone tomorrow. I have a friend of mine that went to bed one one night worth 12 million dollars, woke up the next morning broke, it can go just like that. It's the next life that counts. And everything we do in this life is in preparation for the next life. Right. Yeah. And our heaven, when we're in heaven, we're gonna see how people lived on earth. Because when you're in heaven, listen, we're not gonna be all equal in heaven. That's right. Because your 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 heaven will reveal how you lived on earth. People think everybody's going to be all equal. No, we're not. That's why you have to understand how important this life is for the next life. Everything we do is in preparation for the next life. Never make a decision based on money. Never make a decision based upon something you want to do. You make a decision based upon eternity. Ask yourself the question, what I do and I'm about ready to do, how is this going to affect my eternity? Well, I just don't like that church. I'm just not going to go to church anymore. I'll go to church on the internet. There's no such thing as internet church. That's right. <laughs> no, no such thing as internet church. And, and we will stand before God. Well, where's that scripture, Brother Richard? Okay, I'll do your homework for you, just this one time. The Bible says, forsake not the to gather together of yourselves. When God tells us to forsake not, Understand, everything God tells us to do and not do, we'll stand before God and give an account. He said, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. We're going to stand before God and give an account. Understand the importance of of eternity and being eternity minded. And this is why this is so important here. Because the Bible says God doesn't change. He does not change. God does not change. And there's much that God wants to do for us, but there's reasons why God can't do things for us because we are the ones that hinder God. Right. Because understand, God always responds to us. You mean, what do you mean God responds to us? God responds to us. That's why the Bible says, I, God, the Bible says that I have set before you life and death. Yeah. I've set before you prosperity and curses, but you choose. Do you know it's our choice? Because here's the reality. Everything God's going to do, he's already done. Yep. Everything God's going to, uh, listen, because, understand, I, I've had people come up to me before and say, Brother, I want you to pray for so-and-so, pray for my husband, or pray for, uh, I I'm you to pray, God save him?" And I don't stop and correct people because I know what they mean. But the, reality, but the reality is this. Do you realize that the world is already saved? Right. The difference is they just haven't accepted it yet. Right. Just like the world's healed. They just haven't accepted it yet. Because here's the reality. Jesus doesn't have to come back and die again. And we're going to get in that in a little bit. Jesus doesn't have to come back and die again. He paid the price once and for all, didn't he? So now it's how we receive. Because it's already been done. It's Now it's a choice. See, you choose blessing. You choose prosperity, you choose healing, you choose success. Everything's a choice. That's why the Bible says, if we draw not to him, he'll draw not us. But many people in the body of Christ, they're of the mindset: well, if the Lord wants it, it's just gonna happen. Listen, that is a lie that has bound so many people up over the centuries. Well, if, if if it's the Lord's will, it's just gonna happen. Absolutely not. The Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How did you get saved? Well, listen, that didn't apply to, well, if the Lord wanted it, it just happened. But that didn't, doesn't apply to salvation because you had to do something to get That's saved. Right. Understand, God is a God of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please. It. He's a faith God. That's why everything we do, we have to do by the area of faith. And guess what? And if you begin to follow his principles, because you're coming out, I promise you in the name of Jesus, you're coming out this week. I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus, you're coming out this week. But now I will tell you, it won't always be easy on the flesh because guess what the flesh is gonna do? You're gonna go to work, you're gonna get up in the morning, you're gonna go to work and you're gonna work hard and on your way home, your flesh is gonna go, well, you don't have to go to the service tonight. God understands. Does he really? No, that's what the flesh says. Well, God understands because he's going to be, no guess what, because he's going to be there tomorrow night. So just stay home. God, listen, you worked hard. Just relax. God understands. No, you need to tell the flesh, shut up because I'm hungry for God and I'm going to press into the things of God. And my God said, if I've drawn out of him, he'll draw on out of me. My God said, if I seek him, I'll find him. And going home and watching TV, he's not seeking him. but I just, this God understands this Monday night football God knows how much I love football but this is 2018 record it <laughs> <laughs> if you stay home from, from church and watch Monday night football I, I, first off I pray your team loses <laughs> Secondly, as soon as they kick off, I pray your TV blows up. <laughs> I'd have teach them to stay home. Don't <laughs> stay home for football. <laughs> hey, there's a whole lot of things more important than football. Amen? Yes. Amen? Yes. A touch from heaven. Yes. Yeah. Listen, do you, listen, I believe with all of my I said to pastor, I believe with all of my heart that years from now, people are going to be talking about their life years from now that it happened wow. here this week. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, like, just like Pastor wouldn't... See, when he, he didn't want to go up to that meeting in Virginia. But as a result, he met me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I met him. No, no, no that's how things work. Yeah. Right. No, there's, there's many things that my, I didn't want to go to. My flesh was just screaming and I just shut up. flesh, And I went. And as a result of it, my life was totally changed. Right. Yeah. Yes. See, you've got to press into that's the things right. of God. Listen, most people have listened to the flesh all their life. That's why their life is the way it is right now. Stop listening to the stinking flesh. Tell it to shut up and press into the things of God because there's things that God has for you but he's just not going to give them to you. They're going to come when you come after him. You've got to come after him. And he says here, listen, and, and many people, many people financially are robbed. Because of this and this subject right here. And here the children of Israel, they, did not, they were so far from God, they didn't even know that they were robbing him. But look what the Lord said. Look, look, verse, look at verse 8. Look what the Lord said. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, "How have we robbed you?" God, they didn't know how they were robbing God, and He says here in tithes and offerings. Because understand, they were bringing God the leftovers. They were bringing things. They were bringing the things that they did not want themselves. Yeah. They were keeping the best for themselves. Guess what? Cain did that, and what did that get him? No, God wants the first. He wants the first for he wants the best. Yeah. That's right. And we, we don't give him the best, we rob him. And, and let me just say this to you. Get rid of that old saying, paying tithes. It's not about paying tithes. Yeah. It's not paying tithes, it's honoring God.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Because every time, every time you you honor God with your tithe, which is 10%, every time you honor God with your offerings, which is above your tithes, understand. Every time you show it, you honor God. You're letting God know, God, this is what you gave me. And Lord, I honor you with it. God wants to be honored. And then he goes goes on to say in verse 9, look what he says in verse 9. He says here, you can just go ahead and just keep the scriptures up there. He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. They brought a curse on them life, on their life. Now, if we were to stop there, how many how you know that would be bad news? Yeah. That'd be bad news. But God's a good God. Yeah. No, He's a good God. Amen. And I'm sharing something with you right now that would totally change your life financially. Because it's, it's, it's impossible. Understand something. It's impossible to be used by God, yet not honor God with your giving in the area of tithing. So you're saying, Brother Richard, God can't use me if I don't tithe. That's what I'm saying. Because if, understand something, if God can't trust you with things you can see, what makes you think he can trust you with things you can't see? If God can't trust you with $100, what makes you think he can trust you with his miracle working power? That's why Jesus said money and anointing go hand in hand. Because Jesus said so. He said, if you can't be trusted with unrighteous man, then how can God trust you with the true riches? Yeah. Don't mean for it to get so quiet in this Baptist church, but it's the truth. <laughs> You're going to be Pentecostal by the next few days, trust me. <laughs> no, no, but it's a fact. And you, when, you, when you do not honor God, when we do not honor God with our giving, we hold back the blessing that has already been released. You hold it back but here's the good news you ready for the good news listen what the Lord said verse 10 he said bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house notice notice God talks about his house first he always talks about his house first because when you take care of God's house he's going to take care of your house when you're about God's business he'll be about your business understand the things of God are always first that's why, the, by, by, that's why the, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Yeah. There's two things to seek. Everybody thinks there's one, but there's two. Right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then after we do that, then all these things will be added unto us. Yeah. It's always about God's kingdom. It's always about God being first. That's why the Bible says that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The things of God are always first. And he says that if you take care of his kingdom, if you take care of his house, he's going to take care of your house. And here's what he said he's going to do. I don't know why. When I read this, I want to run around the church. No, no. I, when I read the things of God, listen to what he says. And he says, uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me or prove me. King James says, prove me. Now, in this says the Lord of hosts, listen, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. The King James says, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Do you listen? Do you understand what God just said to us? He just said that if we honor him, With our tithes and offerings, if we honor him, he will open up the windows of heaven. You're talking about extravagance. You're talking talking about, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to understand about God, God's excessive. God's extravagant. He said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pull you out so much blessing that there's not going to be room enough for you to contain it. Do you realize what God... This is not the words of a man. This is the words of omnipotence. This is the word of God. This is the word of Jehovah Jireh. This is the word of the one who's more than enough. This is the word of God who describes himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. He said, I'm going to pull you out blessing that there's not room enough for you to contain it. Oh, God makes me want to run it. Listen, that makes me, you you think I can withhold? I am not about to withhold anything because here's the result. But people still sit back and yeah. How long is gonna go? No, no, I'm gonna pull you out blessing. Right. Yes. I'm gonna pour you out blessing. Yes. I'm gonna pour you out blessing. Yes. I'm gonna right. pour you out blessing yes. that there's not room enough for you to contain it. Yes. Yeah. And people think, well, why, why does God want to do that? That's just excessive. That's just who He is. Right. Yes. Well, that's just more than necessary. That's just who He is. Right. No, understand who your father is. Understand who our father is. He's excessive. He's extreme. He's extravagant. He's more than enough. I mean, we see it in John 10. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's why I've come. I've come that you might have life. Now, if he would have just stopped there, that would have been enough. But he didn't stop there. He said, I've come that you might have life. Now, here's the excessive part, and that you might have life more abundantly. Yeah. Yeah. That's excessive. That's extreme. Why? Because that's who he is. That's right. uh-huh. do, you, do, you, do you know that word? you know what it means? You begin to study it out. It means more than necessary. Yes. Yeah. More than necessary. People say, well, is that necessary? Oh, it's <laughs> more than necessary. Yeah. I, listen, I like having too much. Yeah. Let me go over to the Pentecostal section. I like having too much. Come on, if you like having too much, just shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Too much. Too Too much. Too much. No, too much. Then Then he goes and takes it even a step further. You mean it can get even better? Oh, look what he says in verse 11. He says, "And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes." He said, "I will rebuke the devourer." He said, "I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your gown, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field." Says the Lord of hosts. In verse twelve, listen to what he says here, and he says, "All nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful some land." Says the Lord of the Lord of hosts. He said, "You'll be a land of delight, not a land of fright, a land of delight." A land of delight. But he said, I will rebuke the devourer. Listen, God says, not only am I going to unleash it on you, not only is there going to be so much more, listen, there's going to be so much that people are going to begin to talk. You better know, you know how you know you're in the will of God? Because you've got so much people begin to talk and persecute you. Amen. If they're not talking about you having too much, something's wrong. If they're not talking about you, if the word isn't spreading around town that you got so much, that you got too much, that you got more than necessary, something's wrong. It's time to change that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, why do you say it? Because I just believe the word of God. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said it a moment ago. If the world who's cursed can have billions of dollars, how much more should the children of God who are not under a curse have? Right. You're not cursed. Yes. You're blessed. Right. Hello, you're not cursed, you're blessed. Yeah. Yeah. You're not cursed, you're blessed. Yeah. You're not cursed, you're blessed. Yeah. I rebuke the devil for your sake. Amen. Yeah. There was a man, uh, how many has ever heard of William Kerr? Raise your hand if you ever heard of William Kerr. One person, probably because you was listening to my tapes. William <laughs> Kerr, <laughs> let me tell you about William Kerr. William Kerr 1904, was in 1904 had $100 debt. I mean, how many know $100 in 1904 was a lot of money? And yet he, he began to cry out to God because he was a Christian. And he began, he, as he, as he reads the scriptures, he realized something is wrong. He, he would read the scriptures and he'd say, Lord, what I read it's not transferring over into my life. My life says something different than what your word says, and I want my life to match up with your word. Who? what a statement. Yes. I don't know about you, but I want my life to match up yes. with his word. Yes. And making a long story short, he gets a hold of a book on, on the subject of tithing. And he begins to read, he read the whole book, and after he read the book, he said, he said these words, one can prove that God is real by tithing. And he said, from this day, I choose to honor God for the rest of my life in the area of tithing. And he began to tithe on everything. He began to tithe on everything that comes in. Everything. And my, like, my, like uh, even myself, I mean, when people come up, and I hear just recently, I mean, it's all about his kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about his kingdom. I mean, I, I, I made a vow that every time someone comes and blesses me, uh, that whatever, you know, they do, I, I, give, I give the Lord half of everything. I mean, I had somebody just come up and give me just a couple weeks ago, come and just, I like Holy Ghost handshakes. You know when a Holy Ghost handshake? When you come and shake your hand, there's, there's Franklin's in there. Not George, Franklin. I like Franklin. <laughs> and if somebody came and gave me a Holy Ghost handshake, put $800 in my hand. You know what I did? I took 400 of it and sold wow. it into another ministry. Wow. Because I'm on a go to get to the place in my life to where 90% of everything comes in goes into the gospel, and right I just rich. live off 10%. Right. That's where I'm heading. And so William Curtis thought, I'm going to honor God with everything. And one year later, supernaturally, he was out of debt. One year later, supernaturally, he was out of debt. Then he bought this patent. He bought this patent, and a few years later, two years later, he has the largest factory of its kind. And his factory was in San Francisco. Well, in 1908 in San Francisco, there was an earthquake. How I many you heard about Do yeah. You know, that, that they said that earthquake and fire was so, the devastation was so great that 75 years later, they're still adding up the bodies. Wow. 75 years later. But the earthquake, I mean, an earthquake shook San Francisco in 1908. Yeah. And then the city was on fire. So what the earthquake didn't destroy, guess what? The fire did. William Kerr receives a telegram... Mr. Kerr, we're sorry to report to you that San Francisco has suffered an earthquake. The city's on fire. And we're sorry to report that you've lost everything. You know what William Kerr's response was? I've lost nothing. Because if I've lost everything, then my God is a liar. But my Bible says that if I honor him, he'll honor me. Right. My Bible says that if I take care of his house, he'll take care of my house. Right. My Bible says that he will rebuke the devour for me. And I have lost nothing. I will be, he says, when God says, I will rebuke the devourer, you study that. He means I will rebuke the devourer of your life and all your personal yes. interest. Out of all your per- when the When hur- there was a hurricane, not the last one, but here a few years ago, a hurricane was coming through, through North Carolina. And some friends of mine ca- called me and said, look, pray the hurricane's heading right to our, our condo. I I, I said to his wife, and she said, my husband's on, he's making phone calls now to get it boarded up. Pray. I said, I I said, "Miss So-and-so, do you tithe? And she was like, take him back. (laughs) Well, 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 she stumbled. Of course we do. Why ask that question? I said, well, then you have nothing to worry about. (laughs) Because the Bible says he rebukes the devourer for you. That means he'll rebuke the devourer over all your personal interests. That's your your home. That's your second home. It's your rental home. He'll rebuke the devourer if you honor him. See, I just believe the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Amen. yeah, and William Kerr said, "If I've lost everything, then my God's a liar." But I've lost nothing. Amen. Of course, you know, like Job's friends were around him. Oh, he's just in denial. Oh, he's just <laughs> overcome with emotion now because he's lost everything. Oh, poor, poor William. So he boards a train. Two weeks later, he gets to he gets to San Francisco, and a man's sitting there waiting for him. And guess what? The talk of the town is. The talk of the town is how this whole city of San Francisco is destroyed, <laughs> but there's one building standing.
0: Yeah.
1: Guess whose building it was?
0: Yeah.
1: It was William Kerr. And here's, the th- here's what's wild about it. They, they said that the reports were, were so great of the earthquake and the fire that when the earthquake hit, every building north, south, east, and west of his building crumbled, fell to the ground, but his building stayed standing. Yeah. Then the fire came, and listen, he had a wood fence around his building. Remember, God said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. He said, I'll rebuke the fire for yeah. your sake. He had a wood fence around his building, and the outside of the wood fence was seared. And they said the report was the fire would come right up to his fence and jump over his building. God said, I will rebuke the fire." That means he'll hold back. Just like God held back the Red Sea for the children of Israel to cross over. He said, I'll rebuke the divine. I'll hold back the devour. You honor me and I'll honor you. Amen. Amen. And God honored William Kerr because William Kerr believed him and he believed his word and he honored him. <clears throat> and you know what the most incredible thing was? Is that now you're going to know who he is. William Kerr, have you, have you ever heard of K. R. Kerr Cannon Jars? That's William Kerr. Here's things so incredible. His building was probably one of the most flammable buildings in the whole city. Because <laughs> the building was full of gas tanks and oil. Not, listen to me, it was probably the most flammable building and nothing happened to it. Do you want to hear something even more incredible? There was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of jars on the shelf. Not one jar Fell off a shelf. <laughs> That's not one jar fell off a shelf. Glory to God. God said, "I rebuke the devourer for your sake." Yeah. Come on, God said, "I yeah. rebuke the devourer." Yeah. He didn't say, "Well, I, even 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 though you don't honor me with your tithes and offerings, I understand." You know, we you know we have safe spaces and we'll just hug it out and no, I understand. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's right. He said, I will rebuke the divine for your sake. It's impossible. It's impossible for the enemy to, envir- yes. to, to devour you
2: Amen.
1: if you're honoring God.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah. And you know what William Kerr did? If, ever since that day, until he died, his company, every jar that left, had a, had a gospel track in it. Because wow. God said, I will rebuke the divine for your sake. All over, you mean all of that over the subject of tithing? Oh, we ain't even got started. (laughs) Yeah, over the subject. Do you understand? That's why I asked the pastor, let me receive the tithes and offerings this morning because I want you to understand. Listen, there's places that God wants to take you, and there's yeah. things that every, listen to me, every single one of you here, you might not be able to see it now because some of the mess that's going on in your life and because of some of the stuff you're battling, Which, but understand something, everything changes. Listen to yeah. me very closely. Yeah. Listen, I know it might be hard right now, but understand, everything changes. Listen to me closely. Everything changes. Amen. Because where you are now is not where you're going to be a year from now. Amen. Everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Amen. And every single one of you here, God has a mighty plan for your life. You might not be able to see it, but by the time these next few nights are over, with, you're going to see it. But God has a plan for every single one of you. And it's a whole lot bigger than what you can even imagine. Amen. Because God has not called us here as the church, because you are the church. God hasn't called us here just to exist. God hasn't called us here to fit in. God's called us here to make a difference and to shake the nations of the world, to shake the cities, and to advance His kingdom. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. And He said, "If you honor me, Lord of God, I honor you." Amen. 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 I, mean, I could, man, I've held a whole lot of stuff back, but for time's sake, but we're going to give you an opportunity right now. This. Uh, to honor the Lord with your, with your tithes and offerings. So come. you got your offerings. You know. Now this is, not for, this is not for our ministry. This is the church. And listen to me. if, if, you, if your, your tithes does not belong to me. Your tithes belong to the church. Don't, don't, and if you're, if you're sending your tithes to some TV preacher, you're in disobedience to the scripture. Your tithes belong to the place you get fed. Amen. You mean you, I, I can't honor you with the tithes, Brother Richard? No, because if you're sick in the hospital, I'm not the one going to come pray for you. Amen. You, you know, you bring your ties into the storehouse where you get fed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I see things changing. Listen, th- th- this this building is only temporary. Amen. Yeah. Yep. You know this is all I can see in the Holy Ghost. I can see in the Spirit. This this this, this is this is this is not your final resting place, glory yeah. to God. Yeah. <laughs> you wait, you wait people. I, I see, you know, I just see in the Holy Ghost. I see people from far coming.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I see people from far, from afar. I see people from two and three hours coming because this is their church. Yeah. Driving every Sunday.
0: Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Just
1: you know, make your ties and after the church, you check out of the church. Just honor the Lord. How many are ready to honor the Lord right now? No, listen. We're worshiping Him. This is worship before the yeah. Lord. We're worshiping Him. This is worship before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're worshiping Him. Just worship him with your gift. Worship him with your honor. All right, worship him. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. He's so good. I'll tell you, the Lord's so good. The Lord is so good. Hallelujah. What's your name, sir? David. You know the hand of the Lord's on you. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. I tell, I, you, know I just I just felt something right now, and just in the just the atmosphere just changed now because what is his worship. How do we do? Do you bring the bring it up, or you just pass the bucket? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Just take your take your tithes, offerings. Everyone, stand. Lift it up to the Lord, Father. All of our days, you've been so good to us. Lord, all of our days, you've been so good to us. Father we honor you right now and we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your mercy and we give you all praise and we give you all glory Lord forgive us if we've withheld things from you from this day on Lord we'll never withhold anything that belongs to you from you Lord we worship you and we honor you Lord that which we have in our hand Lord we have because you gave it And Lord we recognize you as our source we recognize you as our strength And we give you all honor and we give you all glory in the name that's above every name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come worship the Lord.
2: Hallelujah.
1: I know, I know I went a little longer. I told Pastor I'd go 15, 20 minutes. I'm sorry, Pastor, but hallelujah. <laughs> but we're not done yet. Just, you can be seated. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, if you would, please. Are you, uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you ready for this to be the last day that you ever struggle with sickness and disease and poverty yeah. and lack again? How many of you are ready for this to be the last day? Hallelujah! hallelujah. Because we, wait, we're, listen, we're, we are waging war right now on that mindset that's so bound people up. Never again in the name of Jesus. But in John chapter, chapter 12, some time ago the Lord began to, sh- sh- and it's so amazing how things, every service I'll be, not every service, but when I begin to share this, how the Lord just shows more stuff. But uh, I said 12, John 19 actually. But I want, I want you to, to, to remember this word. Everybody shout Redemption. Say this with me. I am, I am the, redeemed of the, Lord. the redeemed of the Lord. And we're going to show you why. I want you to understand something about the subject of healing. Healing is not a future promise. Healing is already an established fact. It's already something that has been done, has been established. In John chapter 19, starting with verse 1. Now I'm not going to read the whole chapter for time's sake. But we'll start with we'll start with verse 1 and read the first few verses. John chapter 19 verse 1 Then Pilate had Jesus flogged or scourged with a with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now but understand clearly that I find no guilt. Then Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe and Pilate said, "Look, here is the man." When they saw him, the lead the leading priest at, uh, and temple guards began shouting, "Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him." Pilate said, "I find him not guilty." The Jewish leaders replied, By our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When this, verse 13, when they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone of pavement in Hebrew, Gabatha. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover and Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The leading priest shouted back, then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. Just jump down with me to verse 23. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tear it apart, let's throw dice for it, this fulfilled let's throw dice for it this fulfilled the scripture that says they divided my garment among themselves and threw dice for my clothing so that is what they did verse 25 standing near the cross were jesus mother and and his mother's sister mary the wife of cleopas and mary magdalene when jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved he said to her dear woman here is your son And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her to his home. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked the sponge and sponged it in it and put on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want you to understand seven things that Jesus said on the cross. As the Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the great I Am, El Shaddai, the God of the blood covenant, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hung upon a cross for six hours. And for on that cross, for them six hours, there's seven things he said. The very last thing that Jesus, the Lamb of God, said was three words the greatest three words ever spoken. It is finished. The meaning of these three words. Even to this day, the church has fully never understood. And I can tell you that it will be impossible for the church to fully understand. Because you'll never come to the place to where you've arrived. You'll never come to the place to where you've learned all. Understand, because the things of God are alive. The word of God is alive. You can never exhaust something that's alive. The only thing you can ever exhaust and become an expert on is something that's dead. But not something that's alive. The Word of God is living. The Word of God is alive. That's why I quoted the scripture to you earlier. That His words are life to those who find. And health or medicine to all flesh but understand, his words are life to those who find. You're only going to find when you seek. You're only going to find when you search. You're not going to find because your flesh says, take me home because you worked hard. The Lord understands. No, you're only going to find when you search out, when you seek him. That's why Jeremiah said, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Yeah. It is finished. The meaning of these three words, if you can just begin to come into a revelation, into an understanding, that's one reason, I'll be honest with you, that's one reason, I don't know if Pastor mentioned it or not, but every morning, we're gonna be here at nine o'clock. It's not a time of fellowship. It's a time of pressing into the things of God. Because I'll be honest with you, you're looking at a very hungry evangelist. You're looking at a very hungry preacher. Listen, there's a whole lot of things that we've done. Well, I mean, there's, we've, my wife and I, and you'll hear from her this week, but my wife and I, we've gone to 50 nations of the world over 70 times. And everywhere we've gone, we've had revival. We've been, we've been to every state in America except four. And one of those we'll go to next year. Almost 8,000 revivals since 1990 because I came to the place in my life I was so hungry for God. I was tired as a man of God getting up and reading the Scripture and what I'm reading not having it happen. I was so tired of reading the Scripture about the power of God not seeing it. Reading the Scripture about the glory of God not having it come. And I realized something a long time ago. If there's a problem, the problem is never on the sending end. The problem's always on the receiving end. The problem's never with God. The problem's always with us. But my Bible says that if we seek Him, we'll find Him. And every morning, and you can join us, but don't come to talk. Come to to press into the things of God. Every morning, uh, myself and pastor will be down here. And whoever wants to join us, we open it up to you. But we're going to be here every morning at nine o'clock, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost for three hours a day, from nine in the morning till twelve at night. Just pressing into the things of God. Just pressing in because I need to see some things break in our yeah. own thing, in our own life, and our own ministry. Because there's some things here I'm not satisfied. Yeah. You're looking at something. Listen, when you come to the place that you're satisfied, you've come to the place where you're cut off from the things of God. Because God doesn't come to satisfied people. God come to people that are hungry for him. God comes to people that draw nigh to him. God comes to people who diligently seek him. And here's the promise he gave us that if we will diligently seek him he's going to allow us to find him. And I'm, I listen, I, I, I got, we got to see this nation shaken. We've got to see another great awakening in this nation. We've got to see another awakening in this nation. We've got to. It's not an option. We've got to. We've got to see more things begin to happen in the body of Christ. We have to see things, more things. Listen, I'm not satisfied with just having a word of knowledge here and a word of knowledge there. I'm not satisfied with just having the working of miracles here and the working of miracles there. The gift of healing here and the gift of healing there. No, I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with just seeing supernatural things every once in a while. That's not what I'm after. I'm after the things of God. And he said that if I press in, he said if we'll draw nigh he would allow us to find him and he will draw nigh to us every individual that God has used throughout the even in Bible and I'll show you this week even the individuals in the Bible every individual that God has used I'm not talking about individuals that, that has just wrote that have written you know a bunch of books anybody can write a book I'm talking about people that have literally shaken nations. I'm talking about people that have literally changed the course of whole generations. Right. I'm talking about people that have brought a great awakening into the, in, in, into, into the nations of the world. And I can take you through history from those in the Bible and to those in, throughout, throughout the centuries. And I can take you through history and show you individuals God has used mightily to shake nations. I'm talking about individuals who as they would walk in the door, God would be found there. As they open their mouth, there are words so full of life that the moment they begin to speak, that people can't even withstand their words. Why? Because their words are so bathed in the things of God, in the life of God, in the power of God but you look at their life and every single one of them had an encounter with God every single one of them came to the place to where they were so dissatisfied that they began to cry unto God and God gave us a promise boomerang church God gave you a promise boomerang church he said if you call on me I'll answer you and I'll show you great and I'll show you mighty things that you know not why are we here because it's time that That great mighty things be on display in the house of God here in this mighty church. You'll have, listen to me, you'll have what you seek. You'll have what you seek after. You'll have what you press into. But you know, it's amazing that even even though we share these things, there's still some, yeah, well, yeah. How is it that you can go into a service and you, you can share a word and there's some that get so excited about it and there's others like, yeah, 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 I've heard that before. Why? Because the Bible says, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear it. How can two people in one service, get one be so excited and the other be, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it happens all over. But you have to make the decision. And it really listen what what takes place in your life and what God does through you in the next five years has everything to do with you. Has nothing to do with your pastor. Has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you what takes place in my life in the next five years has everything to do with me. That's why every morning we'll be here from 9 to 12 applying Jeremiah 33, 3 to our lives because God promised us and listen, he's not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall it not come to pass? That's who he is. It is finished. The three greatest words ever spoken. And the magnitude of these three words, I promise you, the church has only scratched the surface. That's right. Amen. Now what does he mean it is finished? Well, there's a number of things that he mean. One of the things he's talking about is the old covenants come to a close now. And now there's a new covenant. Now the new covenant, Jesus has become the mediator of by the shedding of his blood. The Lamb of God, think about it. Yeah. But we're going to receive communion. And I said to the pastor yesterday, last night eating, I said, not Me personally, I try to take communion every day. Because in, in, in my time, in my journey, because I'm on a quest. Come with me, yeah. I'm on a quest. And one of, the things that, one of the things I've said to the Lord, I have to know. It's not even an option. I have to know. And I pray on a daily basis, on a regular basis, Ephesians chapter one, starting verse 17. And I pray, I pray this over Boomerang Church. I pray this over, over, over the two of you. Over, I pray this over your lives, everyone here, that the God of all Lord Jesus Christ, who the Father of glory that he may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Understand how much God wants you to know him. Understand how much God wants you to know him. That the eyes of your understanding be opened. Do you understand God wants you to know him? It's time for the blind, it's time for the blinders to come off. It's time for the blinders to come off, and that you might be able to see, that you might be able to see that you might be able to see and stop being blinded, that you might be able to see. Yeah. That's why I'm pressing in. And as we take communion in a little bit, in First Corinthians chapter 11, when, when, hours before Jesus was, was taken away, Jesus, he took some bread and he took some wine and he said two things to us he said when you take that bread do this in remembrance of me when you take that cup you do this in remembrance of me when jesus says that we do something in remembrance of him i'm going to do it and i'm going to do it regularly and i pray lord i ask you in the name of jesus to, to i have to i've got to go from from head knowledge i've got to go from sense knowledge under revelation knowledge It has to become real. It's a must. The things of God has to become real. And when when it drops from your head to your spirit, then there's faith. When it drops from your head to your spirit, then you're going to get it. Then you're going to take it. Understand, because faith doesn't come from the head. Faith comes from the heart. And it has to be revelation. It has to become revelation. It has to become revelation because that's what Jesus yeah. builds the church on, the rock of revelation. That's why in Caesarea Philippi, when he said to the disciples, who do men say I am? Only Peter can answer. Why? Because Peter had revelation. Yeah. And he said, "Upon this rock I'll build my." Talking about Revelation. What did Paul say? How did Paul write over half the gospel? But by Revelation, yeah. understand there has to be revelation knowledge that comes. That's why we you can pray for revelation knowledge. Listen, yeah. there's some things you can't you can't pray for faith, but you can pray for boldness. You can pray for revelation knowledge. Yeah. He said, "Do this in remembrance of me." Well, what are we going to remember? We remember. When we hold that bread in our hand, we remember what? That that body is a representation of His body that this bread is a representation of His body. Well, what's so important about His body? We have to understand what happened to His body. And when you understand what happened to His body, then you'll understand why you can call yourself the healed of the Lord. You can understand why now you can call yourself the redeemed of the Lord. When you see that blood, that, that, that cup in your hand that represents His blood, you can understand now what's so important because He shed His blood because it's his blood that redeems us and that cleanses us but it's his blood that also protects us understand the children of Israel could not leave Egypt until they had the lamb in them and the blood on them and he's the lamb of God I I read something here just a little bit uh, some time ago I, I I found this this was written over 100 years ago And I'm thinking, my lens, if this was written over 100 years ago, how how applicable is it for us today? This is what a great man of God over 100 years ago said. He said, one of the chief problems in the church today is that we have attempted to tame the Lion of Judah. We have sanitized, we have sugarcoated and psychologized our faith to the point that it is bland, unthreatening, and mediocre to a fault. Our problem is that we have ceased to be radicals, as was the early church, because we have forgotten that the cross is a radical thing. The cross was offensive because it was an instrument of excruciating torture and death. And look, when I read that, I'm thinking, how how is it that you have, even you have, you have churches today? It's like you have ministers today that try to distance themselves from the cross. But yet, you look at Paul, and you look in Paul's writings, just, I can tell you two scriptures right now. You look, in, you look in Corinthians, what did Paul say to the church of Corinth? I've come to you and only wanted to know one thing, Jesus and I'm crucified. Yeah, that's it. You see the heart of Paul and in Galatians. Listen, history tells us when, when, when Paul began to talk about the church, about the cross to the church in, in in Galatians, that it was so real that they had thought that they would be, they were there to witness it themselves. That's how real it was when Paul began to speak it. Why? Because Paul didn't speak from sense knowledge. Paul didn't speak from his head. He came because it was revelation to him in his heart. Understand the difference between knowledge, sense knowledge, and revelation. And it's time that we come up higher. It's time that we come up higher. No, it's time that we come up higher. It's time that we come up higher. I don't know about you. Everything that God promised me, I want to walk in. Everything that God promised me, I've made a decision. I'm going to walk in it. But it comes down to you. It really comes down to us. Understand, people say, well, if the Lord wants it, no, it's already been done. Understand something. If you want something bad enough, you'll do it. Yes. Well, I'm hungry. Don't tell us you're hungry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm Listen. Don't tell us you're Show us. Don't tell God you're hungry. Show him. Because he does look. Listen, and don't think for one, do not think for one moment that you being here goes unnoticed with God because it doesn't. It does not go unnoticed with the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, there there is a storm coming, glory to God. (laughs) There's a storm and it's already begun to hit in Albemarle. Glory to God, they started in a boomerang Hallelujah yeah. Put Isaiah 53 on the screen for me Please, Isaiah 53 verse 1 now, Let's look at this Hallelujah I mean, Listen, it's just This is camp meeting time We're well, just going to camp out in the things of God Amen, let's camp out, Hallelujah Look at Isaiah look, look, Can you put it on the King James for me Listen to what he, listen to what he says here who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now let's just get into the, into, into the importance of the cross. And let's get into understanding what it is finished means. Yeah. Because, we're, we're, listen, God has called us to live the redeemed life. You know how powerful revelation is? Here's how powerful revelation is. Revelation is so powerful that sick, that when you become uh, uh, have a revelation of redemption, then it's impossible for sickness and disease to attack you, yeah. Yeah. or poverty to attach itself to you. Yeah. That's, right. That's how John G. Lake could live. That's why he can go into a, 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 a bubonic infested area and, and and scoop up some bubonic plague with his hand and it'd die. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because life is greater than death. Right. Yeah. Just like light is greater than darkness. I don't care how hard darkness tries. It can can be pitch black in this house. The, The moment the switch is turned on, light overcomes darkness. Why? Because light is greater than darkness. Life is greater than death. And the Bible says that the life of God flows through us. Because Jesus came that we might have life. Do you know that, what that means? Jesus, the Bible says that when the Lord Jesus came, he didn't come. People think, you know what people think? They think of life meaning like we have life now, that we're awake and that you know, we're living. And that's not what he's saying. He's referring to spiritual, something spiritual, not naturally. He's not talking about natural life. He's talking about spiritual life. Well, what is the spiritual life? The Zoe, the life of God. Jesus said, I have come that you might have the life of God. That you might have the life of God flowing through you. See, understand something. We can say something that no other religion can say. No other religion of the world can say that the God I serve left heaven, came and took upon flesh, and walked in this life for three and a half years, and was led to the scourging, and was nailed to a cross, and went to hell for me, and was raised the dead for me. No other religion can say that. No other religion can say that. Listen, we can say something that no other religion yes. can say. Only Christians can say, my God gave his life for me, only Christians can say my God lives in me only Christians can say I've got my, the life of God in me the, the life of my God is what I got in me he's given me his name I've got the name of my God to use and when I use his name every demon in hell has to bow when I use his name every demon, every bondage has to bow
0: yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. No other religion can say, I can come boldly into the throne of my God. Hallelujah. Got the life of God. No other, listen, when people become Buddhist, their nature don't change. When people become Muslim, their natures don't change. Right. But the moment you become a That's Christian, right. your whole life, your whole nature changes. Yes. Yes. Christianity is the only, quote, religion. We know it's not a religion, but for argument's sake, Christianity is the only religion that changes the nature of an individual. No other religion changes a nature, but Christianity changes the nature. He says, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Listen, isn't it amazing that the Lord puts believing and his arm, which is, is, a, symbol, which is a representation of his great power in the same verse. Yes. Okay. Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You know, the Bible says, what, what, what did Jesus say to Mary and Martha when, when the brother was dead, when Lazarus was dead? Lazarus is in the tomb. What would Jesus say? Remember, remember, uh, Mary said, "Well, if you were to come, if you'd to come uh, three days ago, you could have raised him. If you'd come, you know, if you could have come, if you could have come on day one, you could have raised him. You could have come on day two, you could have raised him. You could have come on day three, you could have raised him. But it's the fourth day now. And now he stinks. What did Jesus say? If you can believe, you'll see the glory of God." If you can believe, you'll see the power of God. What did Jesus say in Mark 9, 23? To the centurion man, or to the man whose son was thrown into the fire. What did he say? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. You understand the power of believing? Yes. If you can believe, all things are possible. Yeah. If you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, all things are possible. Now, the Bible talks about the arm of the Lord. Now, there's only a couple places in the Word of God where the arm of the Lord is talked about. And one of, the, one of the places where the arm of the Lord here is talked about is in, in found in, in, in the book of Ephesians, that first chapter, that where, where, where uh, the Spirit of God speaking through Paul, as Paul's praying, where the Spirit of God said that it was the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and set it in his own right hand, to far above, uh, in the heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers. hello, and wickedness and spiritual darkness. And it was the power of God that did that. But the Bible, talks about, the Bible talks about the arm of the Lord just a few times. But the Bible talks about the hand of God. The Bible talks about the finger. Do you know everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry was by the finger of God? He didn't even have to use the arm of the Lord. Now we'll see here in just a second as I begin to close for time's sake. We'll see the arm of the Lord. But yet the arm of the Lord, when He says, "Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed?" But yet when He talks about the arm of the Lord, understand He's talking about you and I as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about you and I as well. But Jesus, Jesus, everything Jesus did did it by the finger. I mean, he, the Bible says He cast out demons by the finger of God. Think about it. That's all it took just. It's all it took with Jesus, just the finger all it took. Finger. <laughs> That's all it took. He didn't have to use his hand, the arm of the Lord, just his finger. That's all it took, just his finger. And demons cried out by the finger of God. Think about it. all it took. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Go to verse three, please. I'm going to read this, and I want to pray. And then we'll get into a whole lot more. But listen, to what he says: He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, the, the, word, the word sorrows and the word griefs should be translated two different things. The word sorrow should be translated the word pains and the word grief should be translated the word sickness. And That's really what the Hebrew says. And if got a, you have a good reference Bible, you'll see the word HB beside it and the word griefs mm-hmm. will be, actually that same word 25 other times in the word of God translated sickness. Yeah. But here they translated griefs. Should be sicknesses. Look at verse 4. Surely he hath borne our sickness and carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Listen to what he says here. Surely he hath borne our sickness. Surely he hath borne our sickness. Surely he hath borne us. Understand something. The Bible says, that's why the Bible, listen, that's why when you talk about being sick, you, you are in direct rebellion to yeah. the word of God. Yeah. That's right. You're speaking t- opposite of what God says. He, no, the Bible says, surely he hath borne our sickness. Amen. He bore our sickness. Well, you know I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just sick. That's not what the Bible says, though. That's why you have to line up your thinking, line up your speaking with the word of God. You're not sick. Because uh, un- understand the importance of words, church, Boomerang Church. Understand the importance of words. Jesus said words are so powerful that if you speak them, that you'll have what, they, what you say. You, you listen, listen. You are not sick. Right. Yeah. You are not sick. That's right. Amen. You don't have sickness and disease. Right. You don't have cancer. Amen. You don't have diabetes. You're not sick. Right. Right. And the Lord's not going to heal you. He already has. That's yeah. right. According to scripture. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says, surely he hath borne our sickness. The Bible says he bore it. The Bible says he bore it. Look at verse 5. That's why it says here in verse 5, he says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are going to be healed. No, No, No. that's not what he says. With his stripes we what? We are. With his stripes we Are. are. No, with his stripes we ah. we are. Pull, um, quickly, just pull up First Peter two twenty four. Then we're yeah. going to come back here. <coughs> I feel like camping out. That's <laughs> alright yeah. so get. We'll, we'll we'll get somebody to volunteer. We'll go out and start. We'll start. We'll we'll, we'll grill a pig. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go go kill somebody's pig. We'll, we'll grill it. No, we'll be. I want you to see this. Look what he says here. Spirit of God speaking through Peter said who, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you what? Word. He says by whose stripes you were meaning what? That's past tense. Already done. Yes, Already done. That's past tense. Because yeah. remember Isaiah looked ahead to the cross. Right. Peter looked back. Right. Yeah. That's why Isaiah said by his stripes you are. Because he looked ahead. He looked ahead hundreds of years before it even took place. Because he was a prophet, he was a seer. He looked ahead and saw Jesus, the Lamb of God, bearing their stripes, 39 stripes. And that's why that's why Isaiah said, By his stripes, you are healed. Peter looked back at the cross and what Jesus did. That's why he said, By his stripes, you were. Yeah. Do you do you, do you realize now now go with me back to Isaiah 53? You don't mind a lot of scripture, do you? No. Look, go back to Isaiah. Fifty-three. Look at verse 6. I'm going to show you two things. Look at verse 6. All we, all we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Now, I want you to look at two things here, and I'm really hurrying this up, and we'll get more, but just look at two things here. Notice that he's, the Bible says two times that he opened not his mouth. That's important. He opened not his mouth. Now, why would, why would God show, say this? One verse that he opened not his mouth, because understand something, God is a just God. Everybody say, God's just. God's just. God is a just. There had to be punishment for sin. Even though today, you know, people are like, you know, there's, there's no accountability for anything. And people want to be like, today, well, yeah, I know you made a mistake. Let's just, let's just hug it out. Well, people say, like, well, why couldn't, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, why couldn't God just come in the garden? Why couldn't they just, you know, why couldn't God just overlook it? Why, why couldn't they just hug it out? No, because understand something God is just. And if, and if God were to just tug it out with Adam and Eve, then he wouldn't have been just because there had to be punishment for sin. And, but under, look at it this way. God had to judge sin. God had to judge Adam and Eve because there's coming a day when Satan's going to be judged of God. God's going to judge Satan. And when God judges Satan, if God would not have judged sin, if God would have not have judged Adam and Eve, then Satan can throw that before God. Well, wait a minute. Why are you going to judge me when you didn't judge them? No, because, because God's just. Yeah. God had to judge. And there had to, be a, there had to be a punishment for sin. There had to be somebody that was spotless. Because, uh, listen, it's a proven fact. The bloodline ru- flows through the man, not the woman. That's why Jesus, Jesus' blood was not contaminated because Jesus wasn't born of the flesh of a human being. He was born of the Holy Ghost. He was born of the Spirit. And his blood was pure. His blood was divine. That's why legally, Jesus could give his life for us. That's why legally, God could place punishment on him. That's why legally God could place sin on him and redeem mankind so that mankind can be one with God again. But the Bible says he opened not his mouth twice in one verse. Why didn't he open his mouth? Because if he would have opened his mouth because because he was righteous, if he would have opened his mouth because God is just, God would have delivered him. But the Bible says he opened not his mouth. Why? So that he could pay the price for you and I. So that he could pay the price so that we could be called the redeemed of the Lord. So that we could have a song to sing that the angels in heaven can't even sing. That we could become sons of God again so that we could be in the family of God, so that we could be one with the Father and live in this life free from poverty, free from death, free from sickness and disease. Understand, when death slew Jesus, death slew itself. Listen. How 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 important is the crucifixion? Let me tell you how important it is. It's so powerful. That's why we have to have revelation and understanding of it. It's so powerful because the Bible says if hell would have known what. Listen, knowed. That's a good. That's a good Kentucky word. (laughs) Knowed. If hell would have knew what they were doing, the Bible says they would have never crucified. Hell would have never crucified the Lord of Glory. And yet, yet, his suffering started in the garden, really. People think, people think in the garden that people think that Jesus, you know, when he was praying, that he was praying to live. No, that's not why Jesus was praying. Because Jesus knew why he was coming. You know, I was in Israel. My wife and I was in Israel last year. And, and you know, it was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it didn't change my life. You know, everybody says, oh, you go to Israel, are going to change your life. No, having an encounter with God will change your life. Yeah. <laughs> not going to some land and seeing, you know, ancient buildings. Yeah. Or seeing rooms that they say was where the upper room was, that it's not the upper room, it's just another building room. Anyway. <laughs> but Darren, I'm not saying don't go, I'm just saying it won't change your life. Right. Having an encounter with God, seeking God and finding right. Him will change your life. Yeah. That's right. And when we were there in Caesarea Philippi, the gods, the, when the, you know, when Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say I am? You know, the gods said, now, Jesus, the reason why Jesus, that's what the God said. It's the wrong thing to say to a hundred preachers. The God said, now, now, the reason why Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say I am? Because Jesus, here's what they said, Jesus was going through a time of confusion in his life, and Jesus just needed reassurance of who he was. Wow. <laughs> That's the wrong thing to say to a bunch of Holy Ghost on fire preachers. Trust me, they wish they never said it. <laughs> they wish they never said it, trust me. Because I can I see that, that a bunch of us is about ready to say something and one, one beat all of us to it. <laughs> and, absolutely not! The absolute Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew who he was when he was 12 years old. He was in a temple. He was in the synagogue. And his parents even said, he even said to his parents, don't you know I'm about my father's business? At 12 years old, he knew he's about his father's business. He knew exactly why he come. He knew exactly his purpose. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly why he was born. You should have saw them. Both of them went and sit down, crossed their legs, and folded their arms like this. Which, if you know anything about body language, that means when you when some, some people's in the church, with their arms like this, that means they're you're, they're closed off. They're not interested in anything you have to say. I just saw a few people do it like that. <laughs> Understand, Jesus, when he was in the when he was in the garden. Listen to me. When Jesus was in the garden, he knew exactly why he was. Jesus was not praying to be able to bear it. That's what people say, oh, he was praying so because he, he knew he was going to be. No, 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 no. Understand, Jesus was praying to live because the pressure, because the Bible says, read Matthew 26, and for Tom's sake I'm not, but the Bible says that he was depressed. He was, the stress that was on him, so much so that he began to, he began to sweat blood. That's how much stress was on yeah. him. And Jesus was not praying to be able to handle it. Jesus is in the garden praying to live. Yeah. Why? Because if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption. That's right. He was in the garden praying to live so that he could be the Lamb of God that opens not his mouth to be led to the slaughter. Why? Because. He saw you and I. That's why I said at the very beginning of this service, God sees you healed. God yeah. sees you blessed. because yeah. well, He sees us through the work of redemption.
0: Yeah.
1: That's why the Bible says that the redeemed with the word, say so. Amen. How much pressure? How much pressure was it? Let me tell you how much pressure it was. Here just a few years ago, I read, I read a story of, of this I, never, I was never in college. And, but I never was in a fraternity. Anybody here been in a fraternity? One person. <laughs> How many of you been in a fraternity, but you don't want to raise your hand and let me know you're in a <laughs> fraternity? To raise your hand. <laughs> and they, they went through a hazing process. You know, they, they, what do they call it? Hazing? And, you know, to initiation, whatever. And so, it's a true story. They took this 18-year-old boy joining this fraternity. They took a, put a um, blinder over his face. They tied his hands with duct tape and they threw him in the back of a car. And they drove him around the city. They drove him around the town. And they'd take corners fast and go take speed bumps and they just try to throw him back and forth in the trunk of the car. I mean, that's stupid, but so, I guess kids, be kids, you know. And then they took him out to the country and they got him out of the car and they tied him to a railroad track. When they came back for him a couple hours later, he's dead. But the train didn't run over him. See, what he didn't know, this kid didn't know, is that when he was blindfolded and they tied him to the track, they tied, they tied him to a dead track. But right beside him was the live track. But he didn't know he was on the dead track. And so when he came, when, when the train came and he heard the train coming, the pressure, the stress that it put on his heart and mind knowing that he's about ready to become, be run over by a train caused his heart to blow up. And he died. But he didn't get run over by a train. The same with Jesus when he's in the garden, the pressure of taking upon the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future taken upon sickness and disease of all mankind, that he was going to be judged, that he was the Lamb of God, that God himself, who too was taking pleasure and striking him with the iniquity of mankind. The pressure was so great that he began to sweat drops of blood and it's why he was in the garden praying to live so that he could finish the process because if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no... Then he prayed it through. It's a term that you don't hear much in church circles today yeah. praying it through. But Pentecostals had something. You know praying it through means? That means you get to the altar and you stay until you pray it through, whether it takes 20 minutes or three days. You stay until you pray it through. And that's what Pastor and I, and those that join us this week, that's what we're going to be doing morning every morning, 9 o'clock. We're going to be praying some things through. We're going to be bombarding heaven. It's not a Bible study. It's not a time of fellowship. Don't bring your coffee and cookies. Eat them before. It's a time of pressing into the things of God. Then afterwards we'll go have some coffee, but press into the things of God. How many want to see some things change? No, yeah. I'm being honest with you. How many want to see some things change in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how desperate are you for it?
2: Yes. Yeah. that's
0: right.
1: How bad do you want it? No, how bad do you want it? Because I'm telling you right now, as the servant of God, if you listen to me and press through, you'll break through. Yeah, that's right. And your whole life will change. That's Not right. only will your life change, but everybody that comes in contact with you will change. Yeah. Every, I'm telling you right now to change. I can't tell you how to make uh, if, you know I can't tell you how to make 10 billion dollars because I never have made ten million billion dollars yet. I can't tell you how to make 10 billion dollars but I can tell you how to have an encounter with God.
2: Yeah.
1: We're going to pray some things through. We're going to pray some things through. I say three hours you might be here four or five who knows we're going to pray some things through. No, we're going to, I can't can even feel, it. it's like, I feel like there's even anointing to do it. I really do, I feel like there's even anointing here to do that. Yeah. Because there's some things that have to, in the spirit, there's some things that has to happen. Because right. everything happens in the spirit first. There's some things that have to happen, and trust me, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, people from far and wide, people are going to be coming. People are going to be coming here. Oh, Rasa, you know, I'm telling you right now, i tell you right now, by the Holy Ghost, there's people, going to, they're, going to, they're going to move cross country, there's people going to move from other states, yeah just to come here because we want to be a part of this church. Amen. I can, I can I tell you, there's an anointing. There's, it's, like there's a, it's like there's a call from heaven to come up higher, and we're going to heed that call. No, we're going to heed the call of God, and we're not going to just dismiss it. We're, going to, we're not going to dismiss it because heaven's calling. I feel heaven's calling, and we're going to yield to it and Jesus prayed it through after he prayed through he got the victory and then the Bible says guess what happened the Bible says that they sent 600 Roman soldiers to him did you ever ask the question why they sent
2: 600
1: listen 600 they, these were not mall cops you know what I'm saying <laughs> 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 these were mighty warriors these, these, these were individuals who took pleasure in, in, in death and knew how to kill. These were warriors. They, they, why did they just send, why didn't they just send 10? Why didn't they just send 20? Why? There's a reason why they sent 600. Obviously, they knew who was in their midst. Obviously, hell knew who was in their midst. And you want to know what happens when Jesus, because the Bible says he opened not his mouth. But you want to know what happens when he opens his mouth? (laughs) That's why he stood in the grave. Lazarus, come forth. You know why he said Lazarus, come forth? Because if he would have said come forth, then all the dead would have come forth. He got specific, Lazarus, come forth. We know what happens when he opens his mouth. That's right. 600 soldiers came for him. We seek Jesus. I am. King James says, I am he. He's telling us that. He didn't say, I'm he. He said, I am. And there was so much life. There was so much power in his words that 600 mighty warriors could not withstand his power. And the Bible says, all 600 of them went to the ground. All 600 of them went to the ground. All 600 of them went to the ground yeah. just by opening his mouth. Why? Because the same God who said yeah. to Moses out of a burning bush, I am that I am is the same God who's yeah. speaking in the yeah. garden. I am. How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you understand who he, do you really understand this morning who you've come here to worship? Do you really understand the one who you call Lord who He is? Do you really understand that you have become one with him? Because what did Jesus say to Mary when he was raised from the dead? He said, go tell my brethren that I'm going to my God and to your God. I'm going to my Father and to your Father. Jesus was calling his God our God. He was saying we're one. Do you understand who he is? Oh, take off one more than one should be running. Oh, rabaka Karabasitala. That's why the, you understand when he calls us the family of God, what that means when we're called sons of God. And the Bible says that with so much life and power in his words that 600 mighty Roman soldiers couldn't withstand his power. There's words. Yeah. I'm about ready. To, I feel it. I'm about ready. To. If there was rafters I'd swing from right. now. Yeah, I feel it. Glory to God, I feel it. Oh, rabasandele, raborosa, karabasata. But you know what they said? Then they said, then freely. Listen, Jesus was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He right. freely handed over his life. That's why he said to Pilate, wait a minute. You don't have a power that comes from God. And he hasn't given you no power. He freely handed over his life. And the Bible says that they led him to the scourge. The Lamb of God. They led him to the... Don't allow Hollywood to paint the picture of the scourging to you. Because they're liars. Hollywood, they're a bunch of pedophiles, and they're liars. Don't even, I don't even watch that nonsense. only thing worth watching on TV is the golf channel. Ain't nothing else worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I make sure in every hotel I go to is the golf channel. Ain't nothing else worth watching. No, I'm serious. Ain't nothing else worth watching. Now my wife would, you know, well, hey, it's Christmas season, homework channel. But I mean, every show's the same. Every show's the same. The woman don't like the guy that she meets, but he's in love with somebody else, and she's in love with somebody else, and they get caught in some snowstorm in some cabin. You know, that they have to do stuff together. And then they do stuff together and find out they love one another, and then they break the heart of the other. And then they fall in love and kiss, and they get married under the mistletoe. That's the same thing. Every and show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's made me watch some of them with her. (laughs) Everyone's the same. I tell my wife, I know what's happening. She don't like him. I know before the movie comes on. (laughs) And she keeps trying to convince herself she's in love with her fiance, but she's not. She's really falling in love with him. Yeah, look at all you, all you men that's laughing, you know I'm telling the truth because you've been watching it with your wife. <laughs> 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 oh, my. No, but, no, but it's, it's, ama- it's amazing some of those people stuff. Hollywood puts out the stuff about the crucifixion and they show Jesus, they show him in some, first off, he's always white. No, he's always every Jesus they show him. He's always some pasty white guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's listen. He he was born in where? (laughs) Do I have to go any further? (laughs) And he's always sad. I mean, I could take you into people's homes right now, and they got that one same picture of Jesus this white guy said. And that's not how Jesus was. That's religion. The Bible says that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellow man. Some Christians are going to be shocked when they get to heaven. Gee, he's white. (laughs) I thought he was white. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I just shot a religious cow right there. You can hear him mooing in the service. If you hear in the service, moo, that was a religious cow that just died. that's why evangelists come in, you know, because I, I, listen, you know what evangelist's job is? We, we, we keep you forever. (laughs) We keep, we make sure you're good and hungry when you go eat. (laughs) We blow in, blow up, and blow out. I, I mean, that's, I mean, the pastor, he's the one that's got to look at you every day, every every week. I just, mine's just a seasonal thing. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> and besides that Jesus said uh, first off he said if I wanted to I could, I could bring down 12 yeah. legions of angels. Yeah. Yeah. That's 70. If Jesus said I can bring down 72,000 angels if I wanted to. Yeah. You know what 72,000 angels could do? One angel in the Old right. Testament slew 185,000 people. Right. Yeah. That means 72,000 angels can slay 13,827,000,000. Mm-hmm. There's only 7 billion people. I mean, 13 billion. There's only 7 billion people on earth. Do you, that's why Christians don't understand, they understand who's with you. There's way more with us than against us. Yeah, Problem is, when you understand who's with you, nothing will stop you. Yes. But they led him to the slaughter. The Lamb of God, they led him to the slaughter. Think about it. The very, the very God of the blood covenant, the very God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was in their midst and they didn't even know it and they shouted crucify him. The very one they thought they worshipped was in their midst and they didn't even know it and they led him to the slaughter. They mocked him. They spit in his face. They punched him in his face. They took a crown of thorns. They crammed it on his head. They stripped his clothes off and they tied him with chains or a two-foot post. They stretched his arms out, they stretched his legs out, and they stretched it tight to where he couldn't wiggle to relief from the pain. And those two Roman soldiers simultaneously with that scourge, history tells us that it was so brutal. Listen, history tells us that the scourging was so brutal, it was beautiful, It was beautiful, but it was so brutal that 99% of the people never even survived the scourge. And history tells us that when those Roman soldiers would just lift that scourging whip, that people would pass out because they knew what was on the other end. And they knew exactly what they were doing, those Roman soldiers. And the Lamb of God Lord that's why he can if he could do this for you you surely you can do anything for him If he could do it for me surely I can do anything for him and 39 times they whipped him he was so mutilated that Josephus the historian tells us that his whole spine was exposed The Bible says in Psalms 22 that Jesus said, my bones stare at me. Jesus also said, I think Psalms 129, I think it's word 127. He says that my body was as a farmer who plowed a field. He was mutilated. His bones stared at him. You couldn't tell who he was. And Hollywood was to show some picture of some man in a starched, starched white robe with a little thing of blood coming down his face he was led to the slaughter and he was slaughtered 39 times he was whipped do you know but each whip listen the Bible doesn't say by his blood we're healed the Bible says by his stripes we're healed every stripe he took he was taking your cancer he was taking your disease That's why the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. That's why Peter said, by his stripes you were healed. You are the healed of the Lord. Understand this today. That's why I'm taking a lot of time. You are the healed of the Lord. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Sickness and disease has no place in your life Poverty has no place in your life and the moment it becomes revelation to you is the moment it's going to become alive to you. It's the moment you've got faith and there's the moment it's going to be yours and you're going to walk in that redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Then they made him carry his own cross and he hung there the Lamb of God for six hours and he said seven things and the last thing he said, it is finished. But it wasn't finished. I mean, it was it was finished. Then he went to hell. Right. And the temple was torn from top to bottom. And God moved out of that temple. Why? So that he could come and take up residency in here. We've become the temple of God now. We've become the church. That's why we're the glorious blood-bought church. And he went to hell for three days. And he was raised from the dead. And as he was raised from the dead on his way to offer his blood to the Father, that's when he met Mary. That's why he said to her, what did he say? Go tell my brethren that I'm going to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Then he went and offered his blood to the Father and sat down at the right hand of God. And what happened later? The Holy Ghost came. Redemption was bought for mankind. Now we're one with the Father now. We're called the Bloodbought Glorious Church. And nothing can stop us. And when you understand that you're the church of the living God, nothing will stop you. And I'm going to say one last thing and we're going to close. Remember this. Jesus did not leave heaven. Be scourged. He knelt to a cross, go to hell, be raised from the dead for you and I to live in hell on our way to heaven. For you and I to live sick on our way to heaven. Right. For you and I to live poor That's on our right. way to heaven. He came to give us his life. <coughs> that we can walk in his life, in this life, so that we can yes. rule and reign yes. in this life, yes. so that we can walk in this life, the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. See, yeah. we don't think like the world thinks. We don't That's live right. like the world lives. Yeah. We don't live in fear. Why? Because we're the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We don't live in fear Amen. We're the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. We don't live in fear. We don't have worries. Amen. Why? Because we're the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. First, I want to thank you for taking and being so patient because I've gone very long this morning. But it's necessary. It was necessary because of what the Lord wants to do tonight and this week. Let me just tell you, every service will be totally different. Every service will be different. But there's a reason for God There's a reason for this. And in the name of Jesus, all sickness and disease is cursed. In the name of Jesus, poverty and lack is cursed. This is is, is the start. This week is the start of the greatest years of your life. In the name of Jesus. But before before we dismiss, I want to give you three invitations this morning with every head body, every eye closed. If you've come here this morning and you say, Brother Richard, I used to be on fire for God, but I've grown cold. For whatever reason, maybe there's some hidden things in your life that you want to get free of. Maybe maybe you went through a divorce or got in a fight with a friend and said some things you shouldn't have said or, or something's happened in your life to cause you to lose that desire, to lose that fire. But you say, Brother Richard, I want to rededicate my life this morning. I want to pray with you. Perhaps you're here and you say, Brother Richard, I don't don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm I'm 99% sure that if I was to die, I'd go to heaven. Church, if you're 99% sure, then you're 100% lost. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to give you that opportunity this morning. And the last invitation for you is this. If you're here and you say, Brother Richard, I attend church, but the devil's been lying to me telling me I'm not born again. I'm not saved. For whatever reason, maybe there was a door open in open your life and for the enemy to come in and condemn you. But for whatever reason, the enemy's been lying to you telling you you're not saved, but you want to make sure. I'm going to pray for you this morning. With every head battery ever I closed, if that's you on any one of those three invitations to rededicate your life, to give Jesus your life, or to make sure. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, Brother Richard, pray for me. It's all over this auditorium. To raise your hand up high so I can see. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Yes, son, I see your hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Yes, sir. Thank you over here on the side. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. All over this auditorium, just raise your hand. This is where listen, we're family here. Anybody else? Raise your hand. All right. I want everybody to look at me. Is there anybody here you wanted to? You wanted to. You know you should have. You wanted to real bad, but you did not raise your hand. You know you should have, but you wanted to. Raise your hand now. Anybody else? Anybody here? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Yes, sir, in the back. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand. You know you should have. You wanted to, but you didn't. Raise your hand up now. All right. I want to do just like I said. Those of you that raise your hand, I want you to stand up. Just those of you raise your hand, stand up. Stand. Those of you raise your hand, stand up. Hallelujah. Now those of you, those of you raise your hand, they're standing. Come on, you come up here, sir. Come, come. You raise your hand. Come up there. See, I'm gonna go get you. Come. come. If you raise your hand. Stand up. Come, on, come on, sir. Come. Just come up here. Thank you, Jesus. Come, come, man. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, sir. No, no, no. Come, buddy. Come on. It's okay. Come on. Come here. This is important. This is this is the this is the best thing you've ever done in your life, right here. This is important. I know people say, "Well, well, I know them. What are they up here for?" It's none not your business. Maybe you should be up here. You know, I mean, this is. You know, one time in one of our revivals, I answered my own altar call because I felt the draw. I did. I felt the draw. And it's the Spirit of God that draws. It's not my message that drew. It's the Spirit of God that draws. And the Spirit of God drew you up here. But I want you to know something. This, this, is, this, is, this is the start of the greatest years of your life. What's your name, son? Never the same from this day on. What's your name? Never the same. What's your name? You'll never be the same. What's your name? Never the same. What's your name, Daniel. You'll, You'll never be the same. What's your name, son? Jesus. Huh? You will never be the same. I want you to stretch your hands to these six that are up here. Those of you that are up here I want you to close your eyes and just raise your right hand. or Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Congregation, you pray with us. Those of you that are up here I want you to pray loud enough when so you can hear yourself pray. Pray this with me. Say, dear Father, dear Father I come to, you right now. come to you right now. You said if I would come to you you would not turn me away. And I come to you now. I come to give you my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus that he gave his life for me. You said if I would believe that, I would be saved. I believe that Jesus gave his life for me. And I ask you to forgive me of all sin. Jesus, come into my heart come into my life life. I give you my life today today. thank you for forgiving me me. of all sin sin. and I make this decision decision. that I'll walk with you that I'll serve you you. all the days of my life life. thank you you. for being my Lord Lord. and I declare before heaven and earth, And earth and before hell that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. That He's my Savior. And my life belongs to Him. And all my days I'll serve Him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? So you'll never, never have any question ever again. You'll never have another question ever again. You know that you know that you know. And the greatest thing in life is to know that you know that you know that when you close your eyes, because guess what? You're not even promised tomorrow because the fact of the matter is one day we're all gonna close our eyes and the only thing that matters is where we're going because there's only two places to go, heaven or hell. And you've secured today that you secured that when you close your eyes for the very last time that you'll step over into glory because the Bible says we leave this world and we step right into glory you'll step right into glory. Just lift your hands. Shauna's in the, Shauna, just close your eyes. I just, Father, I thank you right now. Jesus. Ooh, yeah. It's the power of God going right in you. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I'm just touching with my finger. That's the power of God. I said the anointing of God. Never the ooh, same. Oh yeah, that's the power of God. And never the same, Shauna. Oh yeah, never the same. Oh yeah, take it, take it. That's the power of God. See this this building is a lot bigger than the other one. We can walk all over it. She, here it is. Oh, yeah. never the same, Shauna No more shame in Jesus' name. Shoo, Corabashista. Jesus' name, never the same. From your head to the soles of your feet, ma'am. Never the same. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You guys can go back to your seat. I'm gonna. Pray for you more. Hallelujah. Never the same, Shauna. Jesus. <laughs> Never the same. Never the same. See, this is, this is revival meetings. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Never the same, Sean. Isn't the Lord good? Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, I got such an. Yeah. I know in my spirit about, oh, Rafa and Shifreder. I tell you, the Lord is so good. Amen. I tell you, well, I'm going to pray for this for a few more people. It's really still, it's only, My goodness, it's only. Oh, yes. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. You're so awesome. She reminded me. Hallelujah. Let's do the communion. Can we do the communion? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? Hallelujah. We still got, man, we still got tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now see when you take now when you hold this bread in your hand and cup in your hand, it's gonna mean a whole lot more to you now. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says as often as you do this, I mean I try to do it every day, but I'm not saying you do it every day. I'm just, that's just me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah thank you Jesus, thank you sir hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Jesus hallelujah how many of you know how many of you know people that need miracle, raise your hand how many of you know people that need a touch from God I encourage you to get on the phones and get them here get them here how many of you know people that are just tired of church and don't want to go to church anymore? <laughs> Raise your hand. Get them to these meetings. Trust me. The reason why they're tired of church is because they're tired of religion. Yeah. Just tell them, tell them a new bar is opened up in town. Because <laughs> 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 there will be drinks served here. Just, it's just heavenly wine to be poured out. Yeah. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll wait on everybody hallelujah see the reason I gave an altar call first because the Bible says that but as we do this we got to judge ourselves because if you don't judge yourself and you partake of the bread and the wine the Bible says if you don't judge yourself then you partake unworthily and the Bible says and for this reason many are sick and weakly among you many sleep or many, many are dead but the Bible says that if we judge ourselves we'll not be judged that's why we would judge ourselves that's why one of the, I take communion daily I, I judge myself hallelujah still waiting for people now I'm gonna but I'm gonna pray for a few people we're gonna listen, we're gonna pray for everybody this week but just a couple of people by the Holy Ghost I have to pray for them. Hallelujah you know that's why hallelujah okay we ready does anybody have not received all right just take your bread hold it close your eyes father. Lord, you said do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. Lord, this represents your body that bore 39 stripes. This represents your body that bore sickness, that bore all disease, that bore poverty and bore death. Lord, we represent this bread as your body that was mutilated, that was slain for us. And Lord, we don't take it on the but we say thank you. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for giving your life that we might have your life. Thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we receive our healing. In Jesus' name, go ahead and protect. Take your healing now, in Jesus' name. This is the blood of Christ. This is the blood that protects you this is the blood that preserves you this is the blood that cleanses us father i thank you jesus thank you for shedding your blood without the shedding of the blood there's no remission of sin but father we take right now we take your blood in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah isn't the lord good hallelujah i tell you what <laughs> When, when you haven't eaten all day and it's 125 you take it bite of that cracker man it makes you want to eat <laughs> I, I ate that cracker I'm like oh <laughs> oh hallelujah I tell you what we're going to do real quick uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. This seed, this this offering goes to our ministry. Hallelujah. The little blue envelope. Just we'll get, listen, we'll just, you just do what the Lord tells you to do. Praise. This make your checks out to the church. Hallelujah. Everybody do something. Hallelujah. And then I want to pray for a few folks, and we'll be back here tonight 6:30. Got plenty of time to go eat and go take a nap and get on the phones. And Hallelujah. de Costa. Hallelujah. So glad to have Brother Philip and his wife here. They, they drove all the way from Roanoke, Virginia to be in these meetings. You, God. Hallelujah. That's called hunger. Amen. At, at, at three and a half hours. Is it three and a half hours? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, hunger's in action. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't leave, Pastor. <laughs> I'll change. I'll change. I promise. I'll change. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 I loved what you did this morning. That was awesome. I think that's the first time I ever seen your pastor speechless. He he was he didn't know what to say after. It's called popcorn,
2: <laughs> Pastor
1: Popcorn. Mama popcorn. <laughs> you know what the first state in the Bible is? Arkansas. Because Noah looked out the Arkansas. <laughs> okay, that was bad. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, my hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You ready to sow? Yes, Hallelujah. Go ahead, bring, bring, bring your offering before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. And then just give me, just give me, just a few more minutes, five more minutes. That's all I need. Because the Lord's spoken to me to pray for a few people. You don't want to be the one that would just be, be prayed for and then leave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now I need to pray for you. For you, uh, are you two married? Yeah. Okay. I learned to ask. Come, both of you. Hallelujah. How long have you been married? Seventeen years. Yeah, but he's supposed to answer. I There's your hands. Father, I thank you for your. The moment I lay my hands upon you, the power of God's going to go right in you. Yeah. Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come here, sir. What's your name? Kendall. Kendall. Come here, Brother Kendall. Kendall. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you. Never the same. In the name of Jesus. Oh, rapash. Some of the things you've been asking the Lord for, you watch and see what he does. Jesus' name. In, the name. in the name, 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 in the name of Jesus. Come, come here, ma'am. Hallelujah. What's your name? Jade. Jade. lift your hands, Jade. Lord, I thank you. Sean Ruster, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your touch. Whew, Jesus, is that annoying you right now? So there it is. I saturate you. This, this lady right here, in, in, right here in the in the back. You, yeah, yeah. You just turn like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come here. <laughs> you know, you know how you can tell. You know when people just don't want to be prayed for because you you're looking out at people, and they do like this when you, when, <laughs> when you look at them. <laughs> What's your name, huh? with your hands, Andrea. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Oh, I'm going to lay my hands on you power. Jesus! Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, my, raffa, sister, live costa. my sister, right here. you Right here. Your arm's folded and glasses. Come here. Yeah, I know you're cold. I didn't know. I wasn't saying you were closed off. Just come it is cold in here, actually, isn't it? What's your name? Come Stand right here. Never the same with your hands. Lord, I thank you. Who for Shh! Jesus' name. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's an anointing an going right over you. Hallelujah. You can tell it's cold when, when the pastor's wife's sitting in the front row. <laughs> I thought I was hearing music, but it wasn't. It was her teeth chattering. <laughs> Come here, sister. The sister right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Tiffany. tiffany Trans-Tiffany. Coropa oh, no fai la foncista, o mama mama. Sound annoying right now? Saturates you, Jesus name. Oh, yeah. That's the yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the fire of God going right in you, Jesus. Never the same, Tiffany. In the name of Jesus, Jesus name. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got those three fingers on you. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It's that anointing. See, the seed anointing saturates. The anointing destroys every yoke. In the name of Jesus. Never the same. It's just yeah, just, take it. Jesus. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Never the same, Tiffany. Jesus' name. This is sister right here in the the white hoodie. You got red. Come on, pray for you. Lifeguard. Just a lifeguard. Hallelujah. What's your name? Rochelle? Michelle, Michelle of hands, Michelle, Lord, I thank you for your touch. Jesus' name. From your head to the soles of your feet. Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. That's that anointing right there. A yoke is broken off you in the name of Jesus. From your head to the soles of your feet. Jesus. Here it is right now. Go right in you. Never the same. Broke off you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Huh, yeah. In the, in the name that's above every name. In the name that's above every name. In the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. The Fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is sister in the very back. I want pray for you. And this brother right here on the end. Come here, sir. Come right here. Can I pray for you? No, no, that's you. That's you. No. Behind you. I'll pray for you too, but brother right here. Can I pray for you? Can you come up here and pray? Oh right, come here, sir. Hallelujah. What's your name? Lift your hands, Chad. Oh Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Never the same. Hallelujah. I'll tell you this sister right here. I'm just yeah, I'm just praying for those I'm feeling drawn to. Come here. I don't just pull people out just to pull people out. That's why I say you just gotta you follow lead to the Holy Ghost. Don't resist him. What's your name? Shannon. Shannon, lift your hand, Shannon. You go to church here, Shannon?
2: No. But I visited. Oh, you visited here? Yes.
1: Never the same.
2: Amen.
1: Close your eyes. Lord Jesus, thank you for Shannon. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for you. There it is right now. That's the power of God going on in you. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> How you doing? What's your name? Tiffany? Tiffany. Put your hands, Tiffany. <laughs> Jesus. Oh yeah, that's it. That's the fire of God going right in you. Never the same, Tiffany. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Never the same. Never the same, sister, my fellow ginger. Mine's just gone gray. But I'm a ginger too. (laughs) It's just gotten white over the years. Because I'm around Christians all the time. Jesus. (laughs) I shouldn't say Christians. I should say religious people. Jesus. That's it. That's the power of God going right in you. Jesus. Never the same. Hallelujah. Jesus. Ooh, my mama Oh, <laughs> Mama. Hallelujah. I tell you the Lord. I tell you the power of God's all over this, this this lady. Jesus. Where are you going? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, this sister right here. Yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What's your name, what? Lift your hands. Lord Jesus.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Never the same. Never
1: the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Jesus. <laughs> never the same (laughs) (laughs) only only in the presence of God can you laugh and cry at the same time he's laughing and crying you can only do that in the presence of you try to laugh and cry at the same time Okay, that's the power of God on you, sweetheart. Come here. Yeah. Do you know him?
2: Yes. He always laughs.
1: He's always laughs. laughs. What about you?
2: I laugh too. I uh, love to laugh.
1: How about get drunk?
2: Amen. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: his sister in the yellow. Oh, she comes right. See, that's what I'll. She before she even got up here, she's like, she's never the same. Oh yeah, she's yeah, let that bubble out of your belly, sister. No, no, no tongues, joy. No joy. Joy, this is not a prayer meeting. Jesus. There you go, joy, joy, joy. Listen, when when God's present, you don't have to pray. When God's present, you receive. No. Then she goes back to praying. There you go. That's it, sister. That's it. That's it that's it that's it, that's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 yeah there you go that's called yielding because when you yield you're filled Jesus the fire of the Holy Ghost this is, this is an operating table yeah that's it have some more, Sister Sister Yellow. Yeah, that's it. That's it, Sister. That's it. Drunk. Yeah, yeah. I can promise you they didn't get just no Baptist church this morning. Nothing wrong with the Baptists, but they only go so far. My, my parents are Baptists. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, touch, touch the red coat, Lord. Jesus, we got a red coat amongst us, Lord. But that's okay. Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. See, you know, people don't know, but in the in it's meetings like this. The sickness and the disease just leaves people. Sickness and disease leaves people. Cancer leaves people. Devils leave people. Amen. Uh, No. Arthritis leaves people. Diabetes leaves people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's the power of God going right in you, sir. In the name of Jesus, a total healing from your head to the soles of your feet.
2: In
1: the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whoo, yeah. Yeah. Or the name of, oh, my, I just can't get my hand. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It goes from you. In the name of that anointing, drives it out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I keep. Who here, Who here has diabetes? You. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I kept hearing, and when I put my hand, I kept hearing diabetes. It's here. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. There it is right now. Glory to God from your, whew, my, from your head to the soles of your feet. Ha, ha, ha. No more, no more bondage. But glorious liberty, whom the sun sets free, <laughs> is free indeed. No more bondage.
2: <laughs> but glorious liberty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just left. Would you like to know how? Would you like to know how a drunk worship leader leads worship? <laughs> Jesus! You know, for some for some reason, I can tell that this couple's good drinkers. I can just tell. I can just tell they're good drinkers. Oh yeah, come on! But you know what's amazing? You know what? You know what's a you know what I could tell about Boomerang Church? Because here, oh, oh, yeah, Jesus! Oh, Father, Father! You know how you can listen, this should be a good sign to you because it's 20 to 2 and nobody's left. I just heard somebody say, but I want to. <laughs> That's it. Never. Never. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <Huh?
2: laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> come here, sir.
1: Yeah, come here. But your your name's William. Sure is, sir. Just just because you said bye, William, you come here too. (laughs) Never the same, Shannon. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Shannon. Never the same. Yeah, that's it. That's what drunk people do. They have their different spots. <laughs> What's your name, sweetheart? Josephine. Huh? Josephine. Josephine and William. Lift your hands. Lord, thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's the power of God, William. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never the same, Josephine. Never the same, Josephine. Never the same. Filled. Yeah, how old are you? Put your hands. Close your eyes. Just take it. Jesus, that's it, Josephine. Never the same, Josephine. Jesus. Oh yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah. That's it, Josephine. Okay. What's your name, honey? What's your name? Huh? Josephine, come over here. How old are you? You're 11 too? Come both of you stand beside each other. You know what? I'll I just declare right now, you two are drinking buddies. And the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, rafa yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. See, it's okay to it's okay to drink in church at eleven. That's it. Yeah, that's it, sweetheart. Come here. What's your name? Huh? Jadius. Jadius. How old are you? Sixteen. Come here. Put your hands. oh yeah that's it Jadius yeah that's it Josephine Yeah, that's it William that's it William that's it William listen you know it's God when kids start coming up before they even ask how old are you buddy you're 12 lift your hands touch him, Jesus. Use him, Lord, to touch his generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, the Lord is good, isn't he? Well, praise the Lord. See what I mean? Listen, I can dismiss, but some of you can go, but they ain't going nowhere right here. See, the service is over. and Let me just say this about the services this week. Listen. They start at six thirty. <laughs> but if listen, don't feel if you have to leave at nine, I would rather you come for a couple of hours and then leave, yeah, and then eventually. instead of going it's not coming at all, yeah. because I mean don't mean we're going to be done at nine. But but I under, Listen, I understand people got to get up at you know four or five in the morning and go to work. I understand that. <laughs> Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And listen, don't worry, if you come at night and you start getting drunk like my brother. I, I got an Uber app. When the feet go in the air, you know it. Listen, if we have to call you an Uber, we'll call you an Uber. That's fine. You don't have Uber here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah! I didn't even touch her. Yeah, yeah. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Are you all married? the snorts come out you know something's happening see you could you can sit all the way at the back it don't mean anything up in the heavens. Come here. Come on, the three of you. Yeah, you know something's happened when the snorts come out. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's your name? Callie. Callie? How old are you? Almost 12. What's happening? You always act this way? You don't? <laughs> Did you have. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, Rapacista. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, Mama, the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Fire. Oh, yeah. How did you get back in your seat? <laughs> Jesus. The fire, the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Never the same. Never you know? Oh yeah. Oh, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus What's your name, sir? Yeah. Joel, can I pray for you? That's it. Never the same. That's it. Never the same. That's it. Never the same. Why are you rubbing your legs for? That doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Never the same. Never. The, oh, yeah. Man, that's the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come <laughs> on, buddy. Hallelujah. That's a great name to have in meetings like this, Joel. <laughs> Put your hands. Well, Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Jesus' name. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. That's the power of God going right in you. In the name of Jesus. From your head to the soles of your feet. Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus for the very thing you ask him. For everything he's been talking to you about, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Never the same, Joel. This is is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. (laughs) That's why you got a good name for these meetings. Joel! Listen, just tell people there's a new bar opened up in town. It's called Joel's Place. (laughs) Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you, the power of God. (laughs) Sister in the back, what's happening? What else is happening? Covering your mouth don't help. That's why, it's, it's why it's a, people didn't understand about the meanings. I mean people says
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You know what? This ain't you we're still we're still about a
2: one. <laughs>
1: It's just a... Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your touch. Oh, yeah. I, I just heard this. Though. I just heard this. The Lord tells me to tell you He's heard your cry. Jesus. <laughs> the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's what I heard the Lord say. <laughs> he's heard her cry. And he's at work on your behalf. That's what the Lord told me to tell you. He's heard your cry and he's at work on your behalf. Yeah. See what I mean? The, the meetings are different for everybody. Yeah. Meaning, some people can leave now, others. You know, who knows? You know, we had a lady one time I was in the church. I was in the church in, in Louisville, Kentucky, 5,000- member church. Colonel Sanders used to be the member of the church. <laughs> and the power of God came on this lady, and she went into a trance for four days. Four days four, four days. Wow. Didn't drink any food or oh, she food.. Drink. She- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't eat any food. Drink water for four days. Oh, look at this, all the kids coming. You know what? Bring all the kids up here. Bring all the kids. I mean, we've already, listen, we've already stayed this long. Might as well stay a little longer. Come here, all the kids. Because <laughs> if there's anybody that needs it today, it's the kids. Because All right, well, some of the kids. Just the kids that want to come. A fire of the Holy Ghost. Woo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What happened? Okay. Well, that's fine. You don't. Just some of them, then. Come here, buddy. You remember me, don't you? Put your hands. Oh Jesus, thank you for your touch. Jesus name. Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Touching. Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, the kids. How many? How many? How many don't mind staying a little longer so we can pray for the kids? Amen. They're the ones that need it because it's this generation. Hi, sweetie. Can I hey. make a line? What's your name, honey? Kalia. Kalia. That's a pretty name. Hi, sweetie. Come here. What's your name? Skylar. Skylar? That's a pretty name. Lord, touch. Precious little ones.
2: <laughs> what in the world? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. I put my hand on her and she goes, What in the world? <laughs> use <laughs> your hand, sweetie oh, oh oh yeah oh yeah Jesus 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 touch your Lord Jesus touch your Jesus touch your Jesus touch him Jesus touch him Jesus yeah some are late bloomers Have you been blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Listen, thank you for your patience. You guys, I can tell this isn't a religious church because some would have left if it was one past 12. And they do. Sister, Sister Blue Boomerang. That's Holly. Holly. I laid, my, I laid my hand on that little girl. She goes, what in the world?
2: <laughs>
1: Jesus. Never the same, Holly. Lord, she's been with all the kids. Lord, she needs a double dose. Lord, she's been with all the little blessings. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Lord, give her a special dose. Drunk Holly. Drunk Holly. Yeah, that's it. Drunk Holly. Deep right now, Holly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Holly. Oh yeah, Holly. Oh yeah, Maroney. Oh yeah, Ramande. Well, everybody, to say. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. That's it, Holly. <laughs> That's it. My fellow ginger, there's a lot of gingers in the church. Me, the you, church. it's a blessed church. Except mine's—that's a bottle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning? Just think we still got tonight. Glory yeah. to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, those of you—if you're looking for official dismissal. <laughs> You just got it. Now those on the floor, leave them. I'm not going to go anywhere for a while. Huh? Pastor has, he has a couple announcements. Boy, I want to watch this. We love you. We'll see you tonight at 6.30, Pastor. (laughs)
0: Nobody ever thinks, what would I do if I was standing there looking at everybody right now? Nobody ever thinks that till you're the guy. Woo! Woo! You know, a lot of times, this is really the primer. Today, this morning, tonight, it's going to be outstanding. What a lot of people don't realize is what's actually going on in things like this. There is not good revelation, for the most part, in the American church today on the power of God and the joy of the Lord. Yeah. There's not revelation on it. Most people don't even know what the joy looks like. They think God's not in this. And they think lots of things. And yet it's in moments like this that He sets people free. He sets the captive free. He gives them plans. He brings about a strengthening That's supernatural. I'm talking serious. Most people don't respond this way. This is not how people respond when you talk serious. That's the Holy Ghost. You know, I just want to keep poking, right? Right? <laughs> hey, he got it started. I just want to jump in and play. <laughs> just want to play. Camp. I'll just tell you my experience. You know, there was a period of time in my life where I really was carrying the spirit of religion, and uh, I would not have liked a service like this. But eventually, I started reading in that Bible like Richard did, and I started seeing there was more to the Lord than what I was seeing in my life, and what he asked me to do was start releasing some of my logic. Because if you just think about it, just think about it, if God... I did say just think about it, not snort about it, right? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I said that right. I mean, I'm, I'm a little drunk too. I might have said it wrong. <laughs> this is just the beginning. I told you at the beginning, I said just wait. And then Richard got all serious for a few minutes and everybody was like, oh, wow, well, okay, well, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, let me stay five more minutes. Can I have five more minutes? 45 minutes later. That. People need the joy of the Lord. I want to show you something. If you just think about it, if God is as big as what that Word says, if He's as big as what we want to say we believe, somebody, God, that big, comes down and touches you, reveals Himself to you, we're not going to be able to handle it. We can't handle this body cannot handle a God that big. We want His supernatural power, but we don't want Him to touch us in such a powerful way that we can't control it. You can't have both. Either you got all-powerful God, or you got control. And how's control worked for you up till now? Not so good. I need all-powerful, loving God. I need to laugh about some stuff. I need the joy of the Lord. I need the crust of the world to break off. I need for Him to come and poke me a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Glory to God.